You got into a lot this time. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> was... Bro! Arguably overwhelming. Like, Ooh. I don't know. I'm so reading glad that's that, reaction. <laughs> reading, reading that many chapters and having, like, that much content was finally like, oh, here we go, you know? This is our... Mm-hmm. It feels like it's been more, but this is our fifth episode of the Weasley's Wizarding Twincast. David Track. The Weasley's Wizarding Twincast. We left off at chapter 11. That was the Quidditch chapter. Yep. Uh, where Harry nearly choked on the golden snitch. Yeah, golden snitch. And now we are reading chapters 12, The Mirror of Erised, through chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest forest yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah action-packed holy smokes so initial thoughts um i don't need like i said overwhelming um (laughs) a lot going on um i have a lot better understanding of what the like goal of this book is um Mm. i think i have some more pieces to put together to like the ultimate plot Mm-hmm. Um, of all the books mm-hmm. we got our we got our background check on nicholas flamel so we know who that is um finally found him yeah i kind of eased off a little well i don't know at first i thought i was easing off my um my expectation of who snape is but mm-hmm. then uh, like i'm still unsure about snape mm-hmm. um Okay. All right. You want me to come with a hot take? I want to come in with the hot take. Yes. All right. Hot take. So we, we, we now know what the Sorcerer's Stone is and what it can do. Mm-hmm. Sorcerer's Stone, I, coincidentally enough, is an alchemist stone. Huh. In the last episode, we were talking about my prior knowledge of what like an alchemist stone's purpose is. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, one of which was being able to create gold, which we know the sorcerer stone can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other was like keeping the sorcerer alive if they don't like die all the way. I don't think I mentioned that part in the last episode. but I don't um, think so either. <clears throat> yeah, because it's like, that's not or you a said like it amplifies. Yeah. Magic. Yeah, um, or like a specific stone can have different attributes to it and do different uh-huh. things. So, yeah, I guess this one in particular um, is kind of a like a revival sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my, my hot take coming out is uh, <laughs> it now sounds like Voldemort e- either got killed or killed himself in his, in his kind of human form. Mm-hmm. and still exists in whatever ethereal form and and uh maybe maybe a ghostly kind of thing or possessive mm-hmm. kind of demonic sort of form mm-hmm. um and is trying to figure out how to get his human form back so mm-hmm. this is really interesting because today <laughs> specifically i was gonna like, say i bet something happened in dungeons yeah yeah so we're recording this one our, our group has been playing Monday nights uh, for the last four years. So we tonight just finished oh. our four year campaign. Um, what? Last, week, last week was kind of the big buzz of, of like we killed the big bad guy and everything. Oh. Um, but tonight was like the, the wrap up. We talked about what our characters are going to do. My character ended up dying in the final oh. fight, oh. But, it, but it worked out like okay. it, it worked out. Um, 
so i mean the 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 bad guy we were fighting had us mm-hmm. <laughs> coincidentally like had a similar goal in mind i guess um okay which <laughs> this might be totally similar to voldemort <laughs> yeah yeah oh. <laughs> i mean like that that i think like that okay that might be it might be coming from like a biased perspective at this point but sure it was like this evil wizard who was who was trying to take over um this other group of wizards that has been keeping peace in like all the worlds and stuff mm-hmm. um and we killed him a few times during the campaign or i think twice um, oh yeah once or well maybe just once before we encountered him again we killed him once in like a human form wow um, and he came back as like a as like a dragon form like dragon kin um, big gold dragon super scary uh-huh. um super powerful like well, we killed him once and we we're like ha gotcha bitch but <laughs> oh. when he came back he almost got us like he he oh. really put a lot of damage out on us so anyway all that being said it's just interesting how tonight like we wrapped up that campaign and that's like exactly the chapters i feel like i just read in <laughs> harry potter in a way okay Um, because our guy like i said he he had to exist through like these uh, actually i don't think he really existed through any group of wizards necessarily but he was teaching and persuading um uh, like a combatant group of wizards uh to go fight the good wizards um okay and he was like notoriously like vampiric for our party so like I don't know the scene in in the last chapter where there's like a a being that goes and drinks unicorn blood or whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's kind of screams vampire to me. Mm-hmm. If you're like drinking blood, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then they they elaborated on it too, and I'll get more into the last chapter later, I think. But mm-hmm. um, they elaborated how like unicorn blood. That he's like, Harry, do you know what unicorn blood is used for? He's like, I have no idea. Yeah, it's I'm apparently only for like very specific dark magics. So mm. be- because a unicorn is so sacred and stuff like that. Now we didn't in our D&D campaign, like we didn't have a situation like that where he like used a certain reagent. Um, he used a magical item that we had tr- been trying to protect like years and years ago. But okay, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So like I have this parallel between like what we just got done doing in our D&D campaign with what I'm hearing here. So I might have a completely biased opinion or, you know, there might've been motivations to influence our campaign or something, but I just, I love it so much. It's so dope. Like yeah, it's just, really like, cool. First of all, I'm learning that you have this vocabulary that I didn't know you had before. <laughs> you're, using, <laughs> you're like a erythrial, like vamp, uh, <laughs> re- reagent. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this I is why never, you wanted to do this. It wasn't like topical that you this would come up. Yeah, this is amazing. So, um, yeah, I can't help but think, you know, with my bias in mind, that perhaps this is why I'm confused mm-hmm. about Snape specifically. Mm-hmm. Is Hagrid had mentioned that Snape was part of the protection process for the Sorcerer's Stone, right? like dark wizard tried which we anticipate was probably Voldemort and or Mm -hmm. or one of his followers or somebody Mm -hmm. tried to steal the sorcerer's stone out of the vault yes they didn't get to so then they brought it to Hogwarts and Mm -hmm. they've said multiple times that the only wizard that Voldemort is scared of is Dumbledore so yes 
They, they knew that that'd be a safe place for it. Haggard's mm-hmm. got his puppy dog looking after it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Snape might just have been checking on it. But the other thing is, if Snape is so interested in the dark arts and wants to like teach those classes and stuff, mm-hmm. is he trying to learn more about it from a defensive perspective? And he's just a mm-hmm. very stern guy. Mm-hmm. Or is he the next dark wizard in line to be corrupted or if not possessed by mm-hmm. Voldemort's etherealness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because what I anticipate, and like I said, this is coming straight off my D campaign, but like Voldemort might be trying to corrupt other wizards to become dark wizards and tempt them with the amount of power they can um, extract from the dark arts as opposed to the, the good guy stuff. So sure. maybe Snape, <laughs> that's why I'm like right in the middle with him. Like maybe he's, <laughs> he's actually on Dumbledore's side and like the good guy's side. He's trying to figure out how to best defend the Sorcerer's Stone in uh-huh. this book. And we'll see what happens in future uh-huh. books. Or he's he's been corrupted a little bit by Voldemort and is mm-hmm. actually trying to learn more about how he can overtake, get his hands on the Sorcerer's Stone um and and maybe he's been corrupted and spoken to to like do that so Mm -hmm. yeah not super positive on that um (laughs) to back up i wasn't really sure what the so let's back up all the way to chapter 12 yeah um the mirror like it's really cool and and the invisibility cloak and everything i do feel like i remember a scene um from when he was like in that sacred or not sacred the um secret kind of off-limits library thing yeah I always found that scene super memorable too like even yeah like when I hadn't seen the movie in years I remember being like oh yeah the restricted library like the book screams like I don't know if it's because like as a kid that made me jump (laughs) I was like yeah I think I think that's probably what it was for me because I definitely recognized the book screaming part (laughs) I was like yeah yeah, this does happen (laughs) yeah yeah and you can visualize that scene from the movie yeah so that was cool mm-hmm. um classic harry like he did it while they were on uh what was it christmas break or something yes christmas yeah. break he never so he's like, home well, to the dursleys i'm here and mm-hmm. i've got this whole school and an invisibility cloak oh <laughs> okay burr, 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 burr. like Another item from our hogwarts battle game this is an item that harry's character starts with Oh yeah. I never played this area. I thought that was too cliche. So I know, I know. Well, the invisibility cloak in Hogwarts Battle allows you to ignore like the damage or something. Like you can only take up to like one damage if you have the invisibility cloak. It's mm. kind of a fun. It's fun when it comes up, especially when you have all the big bads out there. Yeah. You get to be like, bam, invisibility cloak. You survive. Yeah. Not uh, not how not exactly how it works in the book though, because no. he, he made <laughs> no. it very clear that he like could have bumped into, uh, what's his name, the guy that came looking for him. Yes, Filch. Yeah, he's like yeah. I snuck underneath his arm, but I could have gotten caught right there and then. Yep, yep. Little That's little true. did he know that yeah, Dumbledore the game was invisible the whole time anyway. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like watched him mess around. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you were saying like, uh, you were like the mirror, I'm not sure if, and then you like broke off into the book thing. So was there a... Yeah, so 
well first off I, I thought it was funny because we got to see harry like oh i'm here in this giant school and there's lots to explore and now i've been given an invisibility cloak what am i gonna do mm-hmm. i'm gonna go stir some things up i'm gonna yeah. go cause some trouble you know like poke he, around yeah. curiosity they had at this point they've no no okay so they haven't gotten in trouble for this act activity yet in no, fact no, no. I it's know. like just begun right okay yeah i'm trying to place it too yeah no uh, they didn't get in trouble yet it was when him and ron were screwing around that they got in trouble i think yeah okay i was thinking of when they got in trouble for finding fluffy i think but they didn't really get oh. in trouble they just ran away and were able to yeah. escape yeah yeah okay um so yeah harry like shows up and like looks in this mirror and I mean, definitely spooks him because he's like, is this room full of ghosts? Like, I'm seeing all these people. Where are these people coming from? Oh, that would be super freaky, though. That would be freaky. Like, I reread this and it was like, oh, he had to put his hand in his mouth to stop from screaming. And I'm like, did it? Was that enough? Like, that would have been the scariest (laughs) shit ever. If you turn, if you think there's ghosts all of a sudden behind you, like, what? Like, maybe it was less because he's like used to the ghosts just floating around the castle, but like, mm. Yeah, still super sketch. Yeah. And then my pants they, sure. every person in the mirror was his mom or dad or, or his whole family or something. Yeah, like it was this. family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's like, yo, Ron, come check this out. <laughs> yeah. Look in this mirror. And he's like, dude, I don't see anything. What do you mean? Yeah. And he's like, no, like if you really look at it, what do you see? And then Ron saw like himself as like the Quidditch captain or something. Yeah. And- like oh that's wholesome but also a little sad yeah oh ron the youngest of five boys how did dumbledore put it later he said him being the youngest he dreamt of standing alone being the head boy and like i don't know i just i just remember that part about him standing alone like he's always in the shadows of his brothers yeah so it's like for him to have some glory that's just for him and he was quit yeah quidditch captain too right yeah which i don't know He's, watch, he's been watching Harry play Quidditch this whole book because most of the time freshmen can't play. Yeah. Or don't play or whatever. But it is... Uh, so remind me, the mirror's purpose is to see like what you want, what you desire most deeply or something. Yeah, the deepest, most desperate desire of our hearts is how Dumbledore puts it. And no, I didn't just read that. I know that by heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the way the original Dumbledore in the movie says it. And he's so old and he's such a sweetheart guy, but it's just, yes, it's very endearing. The mirror of Erised, Erised is the word desire spelled backwards. Oh, I was wondering if that had relevance. Mm-hmm. It does in the yes. moment too. Cause there was like a, there's like an inscription on the top of the mirror or something. I'm like, I wonder if that'll have re- relevance too. It's like yeah. some big long inscription that I'd probably. Here, let's yeah. Let's go back, run through this before we get to this mirror part because a few things happen before he's wandering the halls there's some funny notes like the weasleys the weasley twins again i'm going to mention them every time because twins the weasley twins were punished for bewitching several snowballs that they follow they followed coral around bouncing off the back of his turban the few owls that managed to battle their way through the stormy sky deliver mail had to be nursed back to health by hagrid before they could fly off again i hope harry used that 50 cent piece to tip the owl that brought his gift (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that too. They, there's a big old christmas tree coming in as they're leaving potions that day um and then draco is all like throwing shade at hagrid 
And then when he does that, he then turns and is like, oh, I bet you, Ron, want to be groundskeeper when you leave school because his little hut is probably way bigger than what you're used to at your house. And then Ron's like pissed. Then he lunges at Draco and then boom, Snape's there to be like, Ron, no fighting in the halls. And and then he loses a bunch of points. Yeah, they lost some there, but I'm thinking of later when they lost 50. So then they like go hang out with Hagrid because they help him with the tree and stuff. And they try to get out this Nicholas Flamel thing again from Hagrid's mouth, which this time he's pretty tight lipped. Right. Yeah. He says to ask, he says to Hermione, Ron says this, ask your parents if they know who Nicholas Flamel is. And she's like, (laughs) yeah, they're like muggle dentists. So they probably don't. (laughs) So they wake up in the morning, they open their presents. And importantly, Harry does have presents for like the first time. A sweater from the Weasleys, which was so nice because uh, Molly did not have to make him a sweater, but she didn't want him to go presentless. So she made one for Harry. That's very nice. This part put kind of part of the family a little bit. Well, then the next gift is the, like you said, invisibility cloak. And we get a letter with it. Yes. The letter reads, your father left this in my possession before he died. It is time it was returned to you. Use it oh, right. well. And they don't know who it's from. And they don't know who it's from. And it kind of bugs Harry for a minute, but then they go off and they have the funnest day full of snowballs and like food. And then Harry doesn't even think of it again until he gets back to bed. And he's kind of like, yeah, who's, what's the deal? Like who sent that? Any thoughts? <sighs> Not really. Well, then they have a delicious meal. And like I said, they go outside and play snowballs, which I like. Um, I don't know why I'm calling it play snowballs. Snowball fight? Have a snowball fight? Yeah, play snowballs. I don't know. I don't know why I'm That's saying it. Weird. Right <laughs> it's weird. Know. It's weird. Um, yeah, so this is when he's like, okay, wait, I have this invisibility cloak. This is dope. I should go explore it. And this is what you were getting at. And this is where yes. he... Um, gets into the restricted section. He just picks a book at random and instant regret. <laughs> Piercing blood curling shrieks split the silence. Yeah, you got to wonder if it was that book specifically or if because he was in a restricted section, mm. it was like they all had like a, a spell on them. Like, hey, scream if you get opened. Yeah, right. Well, the worst part is that he, because then he shuts it and you think, okay, well, good thinking. And then it keeps screaming. <laughs> Yeah, it does. So then he runs away. <laughs> this is where we get to, let's see. He recognized the suit of armor near the kitchens, but he knew he must be five floors above there. And this is where he finds um, the mirror for the first time. An unused classroom, the dark shapes of desks and chairs were piled against the walls and there was an upturned waste paper basket, but propped against the wall facing him was something that didn't look like it belonged there. Something that looked as if someone had just put it there to keep it out of the way. Magnificent mirror as high as the ceiling with an ornate gold frame standing on two clawed feet. There was an inscription carved around the top. Now, I'm not going to be able to say this right. Uh, Erised, stra, eru, oit, u, I don't know. I can't even do it. But yeah, there's an inscription. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly the one I was talking about. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Um, So yeah, he notices there's a very pretty woman. She had dark red hair and her eyes. Her eyes are just like mine, Harry thought, edging a little closer to the glass. Bright green, exactly the same shape. But then he noticed that she was crying. 
smiling, but crying at the same time. Aw. And he just sits there for a while once he realizes what's happening. How long he stood there, he didn't know. His reflection, the reflections did not fade, and he looked and looked until a distant noise brought him back to his senses. He couldn't stay there. He had to find his way back to bed. He tore his eyes away from his mother's face and whispered, I'll come back, and hurried from the room. So he tells Ron what happened, and Ron's immediately like, well, you should have just brought me from the beginning, obviously. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we'll go back, and I'm going to meet like your family. Again, shout out to Bill and Charlie, obviously, who we haven't met yet. Um, but we heard so much about, he's like, I could meet your brothers finally. So they make plans to do that in the evening. Let's see what um, Ron sees here. I'm alone, but I'm different. I look older and I'm head boy. I am, I'm wearing a badge like Bill used to, and I'm holding the house cup and the Quidditch cup. I'm Quidditch captain too. Do you think this mirror so shows the future? How can it? All my family are dead. And then they fight over who gets to see it for a while before they hear another noise and they have to run back again. So this is where it starts to, he starts to think about like what this really means. Um, and he starts to lose interest in other things. Like, do you want to play chess, Harry? Said Ron. No. Well, why don't we go down and visit Hagrid? No, you go. I know what you're thinking about, Harry. That mirror. Don't go back tonight. Why not? I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about it. And anyway, you've had too many close calls already. So this is interesting because Ron's able to kind of sense what Dumbledore eventually tells Harry about the mirror, right? Yeah. Could you remind me some of the specifics of what Dumbledore said about the mirror? Because I'm having another like pseudo realization, maybe. Okay. Um, of what I think the mirror might be, but um, I will happily like read this passage because it's one of the most like touching. Like I love this so much. So back again, Harry. Harry felt as though his insides had turned to ice. He looked behind him. Sitting on one of the desks by the wall was none other than Albus Dumbledore. Harry must have walked straight past him so desperate to get to the mirror he hadn't noticed him. I, I didn't see you, sir. Strange how nearsighted being invisible can make you, said Dumbledore. And Harry was relieved to see that he was smiling. So, said Dumbledore, slipping off the desk to sit on the floor with Harry. You, like hundreds before you, have discovered the delights of the mirror of Erised. I didn't know it was called that, sir, but I expect you've realized by now what it does. It Well, it shows me my family and showed your friend Ron himself as head boy. How did you know? And He says, I don't need a cloak to become invisible, said Dumbledore hmm. gently. Now, can you think of what the mirror of error said shows us at all? Harry shook his head. Let me explain. The happiest man on earth would be able to use the mirror of error said like a normal mirror. That is, he would look into it and see himself exactly as he is. Does that help? Harry thought. Then he said slowly, it shows us what we want, whatever we want. Yes and no, said Dumbledore quietly. It shows us nothing more or less than the deepest, most desperate desire of our hearts. You who have never known your family, see them standing around you. Ronald Weasley, who has always been overshadowed by his brothers, sees himself standing alone, the best of all of them. However, this mirror will give us neither knowledge or truth. Men have wasted away before it entranced by what they've seen or been driven mad not knowing if what it shows is real or even possible the mirror will be moved to a new home tomorrow harry and i ask that you not go looking for it again if you ever do run across it you will now be prepared it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live remember that 
Now, why don't you put that admirable cloak back on and get off to bed? This is where Harry says, sir, Professor Dumbledore, can I ask you something? First, he says, obviously, you've just done so. <laughs> yeah. You may ask me one more thing, however. It's like how I talk to my students. <laughs> Smart ass. What do you see when you look in the mirror? I, I see myself holding a pair of thick woolen socks. Harry stared. One can never have enough socks, said Dumbledore. Another Christmas has come and gone, and I didn't get a single pair. People insist on giving me books. It was only when he was back in bed that struck Harry that Dumbledore might not have been truthful. But then he thought, <laughs> as he shoved scabbers off his pillow, it had been quite a personal question. That's the end of that chapter. Yeah. Um, he said hundreds of people have discovered the mirror. Do we know what section of Hogwarts that mirror was in? Like, was it? Was um, it in the off limits part or no? Good question. What do you remember what the off limits was? The third uh third floor. It's one of the yeah, I think you're right. Or something. All I know is Harry at that one point thought he was five floors above the kitchen. But and I think mm. the kitchen's like in the basement. Yeah. I wonder, yeah, I, I don't know if I have enough like evidence to make any claims or anything, but mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder if that was just more of a, more of like a teaching kind of lesson thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if that mirror is going to continue having relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I was thinking is like part of corruption and, and persuading somebody to become evil and stuff is is figuring out what what it is that people most desire mm-hmm. um and the fact that it is in like a classroom setting mm-hmm. and then there's a mirror at the front you know i could have been a tool that was used to like persuade people into becoming dark wizards dark arts wizards um mm-hmm. yeah not positive though but i mean yeah you can look at like I guess Star Wars would be a pretty good example. Mm. Like Padme and stuff, like taking <laughs> desires and and like using that against you, like leveraging right things that people desire. Even tonight, Justin was talking, Justin's our DM. Mm-hmm. He's talking about for the next campaign, like our characters for the camp- campaign we just had, they were our first characters ever. So we didn't like develop huge backstories and stuff for them. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really have a lot to like leverage against us like things that would cause us to make different decisions right Um, but for the next campaign he's kind of requested he's like give me he's like in the the, it's it's dark but he's the dm it's like give me something to make you hurt you know Um, and so that would be like having some sort of backstory with like family members that you're really close Mm -hmm. to or you know just just pain points you felt or something so that that was kind of a a bit of an initial thought I had on the Mm -hmm. mirror was like could it if it comes up again I'd probably bet that it was used as as a bit of a tool Mm -hmm. corrupt following my um narrative that I'm developing for what I think Harry Potter is all about so yeah yeah I don't really have much else on that other than I mean if it is just a lesson I think it's a good lesson yeah, it's certainly 
for now, at least just a beautiful, I don't know, symbol of like, if you can really identify the one thing or the things that mean the most to someone, you know, that is very intimate. Yeah. I saw my parents and I Mm -hmm. saw my family that I've never seen. Mr. Dumbledore, what did you see? Yeah, yeah. It's just like a cute, like, it's so innocent in motive. But for the recipient of that question, you're like, no, well, I don't want to get into this with you. Like, yeah, it's probably also like, if if Harry did recognize that he didn't tell the truth, he's like, oh, it's just socks. I mean, there's no way that Dumbledore, (laughs) whatever he sees in the mirror, he'd be able to really explain to an 11 year old either you know right yeah yeah uh, but it's sweet that harry and ron shared this moment at least you know that they they know each other's deepest desires i think that's a big bonding experience for them yeah um so it's just sweet and i just love the idea of like it doesn't do to dwell on dreams and forget to live you know right get so caught up in like what could be that you're not in the present that's just nice yeah Okay, so after that, Harry starts to recover from the mirror. Um, and so much so that he, instead of having happy dreams, had his famous nightmare again. Over and over, he dreamed about his parents disappearing in a flash of green light while a high voice cackled with laughter. Which Ron so generously says, you see, Dumbledore was right. The mirror could drive you mad. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Ron. Um, Hermione comes back in chapter 13, which is called Nicholas Flamel, by the way. Um, She comes back and she's just like, I, you had weeks alone in this castle and you didn't figure out who Nicholas Flamel is. (laughs) (laughs) What, why did I leave you guys here? Pure disappointment. Pure disappointment. It's just tough. They'd almost given up hope of ever finding Flamel in a library book, even though Harry was still sure he'd read the name. He'd read the name somewhere. Um, once term had started, they were back to skimming through books for 10 minutes during each of their breaks, but Harry had less time than ever because Quidditch practice had started again and Wood was working the team harder than ever. The Weasleys complained that Wood was becoming a fanatic, but Harry was on Wood's side. If they won their next match against Hufflepuff, they would overtake Slytherin in the house championship for the first time in seven years. (laughs) Well, they realize that unfortunately Snape is going to referee in this next match. And he will, quote, be looking for any excuse to knock points off Gryff- Gryffindor. Yeah. And let's see, Hermione was like learning the same curse or whatever that she thought he was using on Harry or something so she could identify it or. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Ron they were trying and to Hermione are not quite con- convinced. This is like legitimately dangerous for him to play Quidditch in front of Snape. And, yeah. But Harry, being the competitive guy he is, is just like, nah, like. If I go down playing Quidditch, at least I play Quidditch. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, there isn't a reserve seeker. If I back out, Gryffindor can't play at all. I just love that he's just so openly like, it could be my life at stake, but like there isn't a backup seeker. So it's just going to have to be what it is. <laughs> and I'm 11. I'm 11. I'm just a huge badass about sports. <laughs> uh, Neville, we get a sweet moment of poor Neville where they're saying you got to stand up to him. Uh, stand up to Malfoy that is and he says there's no need to tell me I'm not brave enough to be in Gryffindor Malfoy's already done that oh yeah Malfoy's been talking a lot of shit just mean a meanie a bully 
Yeah. But this leads to an important moment because then Harry offers Neville a chocolate frog to cheer him up. And Harry, and then Neville's like, oh, thanks. Here, take the card, though. And then Harry sees the card and he's like, oh, it's Dumbledore. And then he goes, oh, I found him. I found Flamel. I told you I'd read the name somewhere before. I read it on the train coming here, which, David, I read to you. Dumbledore is particularly famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald in 1945 for the discovery of the 12th, 12 uses of dragon's blood and his work on alchemy with his partner, Nicholas Flamel. There it is. Boom. Alchemy. Interesting. I made sure to read that so that I was very entertained last time when you were like, I don't think I've heard this name. Definitely not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you didn't really hear it. It's just like you were meant to not notice it. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, so then this gives Hermione an idea. She's had the book on, on her person all along, and they read it's the history or what was the book they were reading? We don't get the name of the book yet. Nicholas Flamel, she whispered, is the only known maker of the Sorcerer's Stone. The what? Oh, honestly, don't you two read? And then she pushes it towards them. They say the Sorcerer's Stone has um, astonishing powers, it can turn any metal into gold. It also produces the Alchemy. elixir of life, mm-hmm. yep. which will make the drinker immortal. Uh, we, we learned that Flamel, he's not in any recent books because he's actually 665. <laughs> <laughs> and he's enjoyed a quiet life with his wife, who's 658. So, you know, seven-year difference out of that's pretty, that's pretty close. Pretty yeah. close in age. I imagine it feels closer when you're in your 600s. Man. That's that's taking marriage to another level. <laughs> but okay, separately, you just need to watch the whole she- series of The Good Place, which maybe we should just do as a podcast too, because that's hilarious. I haven't seen it. I know. Um... Uh, so good. It's not the show you think it is. Like you're going to watch the first season and be like, oh, I get what this is. Eh. No, it's not, not it. that show. It's okay. Because it's the guy, right, who plays um, Dwight's cousin in The Office. Mose Michael Schur. Yes, Mose is Michael Schur. And he's like, he wrote The Office. He wrote Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Rec. <laughs> so this is a hilarious guy who's like now had three super successful television shows. Yeah. And now they gave him the good place and they were like, do whatever the hell you want. And he did. And it's wild. <laughs> Nailed it. <sighs> it's a, but also the ending is amazing too. So just a great, great experience. Um, anyway, so they figure out that the dog Fluffy is guarding the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, Harry became more and more nervous as the match grew clo- closer. <laughs> Snape had just awarded Hufflepuff a penalty because George Weasley had hit a bludger at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George. Dumbledore comes to the game too, we notice. Fred, Fred notes this. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I guess he probably doesn't usually go to games if this a is a big sports deal. guy, I, I guess otherwise, but maybe it's a big deal. Yeah. Let's see. Malfoy's mean to Neville again. If brains were gold, you'd be poorer than Weasley. Oof. <sighs> Tough. Malfoy, such a jerk. Okay. Um, then Harry. Sp- oh, yeah. Then he spots the snitch. He's. Sp- speeds right towards Snape. Um, 
Up in the air, Snape turned on his broomstick just in time to see something scarlet shoot past him, missing him by inches. The next second, Harry had pulled out of the dive, his arm raised in triumph and snitch clasped in his hand. All right. It had to be a record. No one could ever remember the snitch being caught so quickly. Wow. Harry's so good at this. Yeah, he had to be. I mean, they needed this is a must win game. Must win game. He won it in like four minutes. Yeah. Which is convenient for novel writing when you don't want to write another <laughs> good like, And it started and now it's over. And he and he caught it. <laughs> and it's done. Quickly. Yay, wow. Good job, he Harry. You didn't die fast. from Snape. Yep. Okay. So now he's all by himself putting his broom in like the closet or something. And then he he notices that Snape is walking into the forest. He caught this. Have you found out how to get past the Beast of Hagrid's yet? But, but, but Severus, I you don't want me as your enemy, Quirrell, said Snape, taking a step toward him. It was almost dark now, but Harry could see Quirrell standing quite still as though he was petrified. Bah, bah, bah. What do you make of that? See, I mean, that's that's the that, like now I'm confused again, right? This <laughs> is the point where I'm like, well, okay, now Snape is sounding like he's up to no good. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's been a roller coaster. Um, it really has. It's almost as if you're meant to be confused about Snape. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, I, on one hand, um, it's like there's not even conflicting information other than. Dumbledore's like, oh, I trust him. And Hagrid's like, ah, he's probably not trying to steal it. Right. And yeah, Harry's so. 11. So he's a little <laughs> bit like not thinking straight. But yeah, then again, we get these little sure. glimpses where Snape's like actually acting shady. Yeah. You just don't know. <laughs> I mean, no, like I don't I don't know what there is to know from what we've been given i don't know i could be missing something um quarrel is involved with the sorcerer's stone in some fashion i think this is the first time we hear quarrel being involved with it at all mm-hmm. so well he like shows quarrel his leg when it's first mangled oh yeah that's right that was in chapter 11 but, i think and, when, and then we just know generally that all the teachers had gotten to come up with a, their own protective like riddle slash spell slash curse slash whatever mm. right that's what hagrid says so yeah i guess the question would be like why is quarrel involved specifically like why are they meeting out in the forest mm-hmm. after the quidditch match right um Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really. Well, don't really Harry have and Hermione and Ron have a theory, <laughs> right? So um, he says Snape's trying to force Quirrell to help him get the stone. He said if he asked if he knew how to get past Fluffy and he said something about Quirrell's hocus pocus. I reckon there are things guarding the stone apart from Fluffy. Loads of enchantment. Enchantment. Oh, is a hocus pocus? Is that his spell? The, all we know is the words hocus pocus. Okay. But he says, probably, and Quirrell would have done some anti-dark arts spell that Snape needs to break through. Then Hermione says, so you mean that the stone's only safe as long as Quirrell stands up to Snape? And then Ron says, optimistically, it'll be gone by next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so that's their theory. They, they think that uh, Snape's trying to bully Quirrell. I mean, Quirrell's the dark arts teacher. 
Right. So they're saying like maybe he had a spell to protect the stone that Snape can't figure out. So he's bullying him to get that specific answer. Um, and, and the fluffy thing. And he's trying to get. Surely you'd think he would know that that's Hagrid's dog. <laughs> like, yeah. Not just like a spell dog. But maybe, maybe he does, but he's like, he, I don't know. He wouldn't go ask Hagrid. Like they don't have that relationship. Right. So maybe he feels like Coral is an easier is, target. Yeah. He's vulnerable. <laughs> Well, in the weeks that followed, he did seem to be getting paler and thinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just kind of glossed over it. But uh, you'd think they sometimes... <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, you'd think they... Like, if they think that he's the last man standing and he, and he has cracked, then something... Would, like, there would be news. Right. Yeah, I guess that's I think, true. Yeah. Um. I like this detail. Every time they passed the third floor corridor, to right, it's third floor. Harry, Ron, and Hermione would press so. their ears to the door to check that Fluffy was still growling inside. <laughs> oh, Snape was sweeping around his usual bad temper, which surely meant the stone was still safe. And whenever Harry passed Quirrell, he gave him an encouraging sort of smile, and Ron had started telling people off for laughing at Quirrell's stutter. So now they're like, Quirrell's our guy. But Quirrell doesn't know why they're like, yeah no (laughs) they've got his back because they know things yes exactly um hermione starts to be like yeah well since everything's going fine we should probably just start studying for finals and they're like the exams are literally 10 weeks from now (laughs) (laughs) it was hard to relax with hermione next to you reciting the 12 uses of dragon's blood which we now know flamel actually helped figure out just That's quiet. right. Um, so Ron's all like, I'll never remember this. Ron doesn't seem to like school at all as much as Hermione does. <laughs> I don't think anybody does, though. I, I think mean, that's kind of Hermione's character. Yeah. Is like she's the. Do you think she would be like a standout in Ravenclaw? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because Ravenclaws are like. It's a bunch of nerds in Ravenclaw. So, like, do you think, like, she's only noticeably nerdy because she's in Gryffindor with all the jocks? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know very many. I don't think I know a single Ravenclaw character. Do I? Um, like, we, we, haven't, we haven't, like, interacted with Ravenclaw. We've interacted with a lot of Slytherin and Gryffindor uh true i'm not sure if this was someone had mentioned maybe the houses are genetic to some extent or like they run in the family Mm -hmm. and importantly i think then i pointed out that there is a set of twins the patil sisters who are split between houses so one twin sister is in ravenclaw and the other is in gryffindor that's interesting yeah yeah so they start to try to ask hagrid for info again Hagrid's shushing them um and they were like what was he hiding like they're in the library right and they're like oh he's hiding something behind his back Ron's like I'm gonna go see what section he just came from which is smart Ron good job Ron and he's like dragons (laughs) Hagrid's looking at stuff about dragons um and Harry's like well he's always wanted a dragon and yada 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 they talk all about dragons 
now was it you who was like our dragons real yeah so we talked about that and they <laughs> ended up they ended up mentioning it because ron mentioned that his brother charlie was like dragon hunting or whatever yeah in iceland or something romania Romania. He says, you should see the burns Charlie's got off the wild ones in Romania. And they talked about a muggle who just like what they do to muggles who discover the dragon. Yeah. What do you I feel like it's that? like the uh, men in black wand or something. They're like, mm. just whoop, you forgot all about it. <laughs> David, it's totally the men in black wand. Yeah. I think I've only, if I've seen that movie, it's been once. Which answered our question because the question was, do, do the dragons exist in real life and we just mm-hmm. don't see them? Well, I did know that Boom. they existed. Yeah. But I mean, I know You're that I, I know that they exist in my real life right now. Oh. <laughs> but I know that I've been men in black, men in black wanted whenever I've seen one. Maybe when I get through all the books, I'll get to see a dragon in real life. Ooh. I'll be like, maybe yes. it's like I'm a Would you want right to see now, a common but... Welsh green or a Hebridean black? Oh no, I'd want to see a Norwegian Ridgeback. Oh, you want to see little Norbert? Oh, is he little Norbert? <laughs> well, they go down to Hagrid's house because they can't resist, and it's super hot in there because he's blazing a fire in his like single room. It's cooking hut. an egg. He's he's just cooking the egg. Yep. He said, he said to like leave the stone alone. He's trying to talk like everything's normal. He explains that Dumbledore borrowed Fluffy from him, and then the other teachers did enchantment. Enchantment. So that's what we figured out. Professor Sprout did one. Flitwick, McGonagall, Quirrell, and Dumbledore himself did something. Oh yeah, and Professor Snape. <laughs> so they've all contributed to protecting the stone, um, which is kind of a cool strategy. You know, like everyone gets to put in something protective. Like, so that everyone's equally, like, doesn't know the solution to the other ones. Right, yeah. You know? Um, not a soul knows about Fluffy except me and Dumbledore. The egg's just warm, but then they go to school and they get a note that says it's hatching. So then they come back. <laughs> but didn't uh, Hermione said something like, guys, we have to stay here and study because we'll get another opportunity to see one hatch or something. <laughs> No, they say, Hermione, how many times in our lives are we going to get to see a dragon hatching? Ah, that's okay. <laughs> so I forgot who said what. Yeah, there, you made her but... sound cooler, but she was just like, no rules. <laughs> but she finally agreed to run down during the break. So that was her compromise, and it happened to be the perfect time. The baby dragon flopped onto the table. It wasn't pretty. It looked like a crumpled black umbrella. And then they noticed that someone's looking through the window because Malfoy had overheard them. This is how we get Malfoy out in the corridors at night. So then they're all like, shit, Malfoy saw us through the window. Um, Hagrid's like, no worries. It's fine. I call him Norbert. And this is where he tells us his name. Um, they're kind of like, where did you get this? And he says how he won it. He won the dragon egg when he was at a tavern playing like poker or something. He's gambling. <laughs> And he's like, oh, the person who gave it to me seemed to actually kind of be relieved to hand him over. They're like, well, yeah, because it's a dragon, Hagrid. Like, you're not supposed to have one. (laughs) Oh, but he's always wanted one. So he's just like, can't, he just can't see through it, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see, let's see. So then they very instantly 
come up with a solution because they're like this dragon's getting too big too fast like it was like a week and they were like okay you have to get rid of him like immediately i mean i don't know what haggard thought his long game was going to be but then they're just like yeah we're just going to donate him to charlie in romania and his friends will come pick him up at the tower at midnight this little baby is going this all happens very fast it does you know it happens real quick the egg cracks and he's born three pages later they're like okay get rid of him (laughs) which is why i'm hoping that norbert comes back and like makes an appearance later probably not in this book but maybe in another book or something because like Come on, you're gonna you're gonna play us like that? You get to see a baby dragon. Because she tried to make the meet up in the middle of the night once before, but Draco just didn't show that time. Right. And this time he tries to get them in trouble, but then he gets in trouble first. Yeah. He gets trouble for like sneaking around and then they yes. like forgot their invisibility cloak or something. Yeah, they got so excited. They met Charlie's friends, which is funny. This is something I didn't realize the first time I read it, but like they're definitely not supposed to be able to fly up on broomsticks and land on the castle of Hogwarts. Yeah. Hey guys, we're here like to pick up Norbert. So they're all like, yay. And it's so exciting that they just forget the cloak. I've had students like forget their iPhone in my office or something. It's like, this is the most valuable thing you carry on your person all the time, you know? Yeah. And he's been hyped on it for the last little while too. He's been wearing it everywhere. Ah, jeez. Yeah. McGonagall had found Draco and then Filch found Harry and Ron. And then they're all going to get detention, which is a fucked up detention. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, it's, again, they're 11. <laughs> they're 11. And the Filch takes him down there to the forest at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'll be back at dawn. Be surprised if you dawn? All made it back. Yeah. Like, is it a six hour middle of the night detention for 11 year olds in the like literal forbidden forest? It's messed up. That's messed up. (laughs) But he doesn't even get to do this detention. It's Hagrid. And you're like, Hagrid, I mean, I know you're big, but then he's all like, we'll divide up. And he's like, you guys go with Fang. But then actually, he's a coward. So he won't protect. I don't get it, Hagrid. Like, why would you send these 11 year olds off with your? cowardly giant dog what do you think they're what's gonna happen here he's all like just shoot up red sparks then when they do he just abandons the other two kids in the middle of the forest to go get the other hagrid this is what mcgonagall was worried about it's been great but a little a little spacey a little back and forth he's a sweetie but like you tried to raise a dragon they got attention because of you and you're just like and then the kids were the ones that suggested like hey hagrid we don't think <laughs> yeah. this dragon's that good an idea. The Eleven-year-olds are talking sense into you. Like, don't worry, we'll find it a nice home. We'll, you know, let it grow they up and release it in the wild. What a great solution! Mm-hmm. And then they're like, <laughs> they go to this forest <laughs> of them. They're like, well, we can't get out of this one. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so now we're in chapter fifteen, the Forbidden Forest. Harry Neville burst out. I was trying to find you to warn you. I heard Malfoy saying he was going to catch you. He said you had a dry. Oh. I like that Neville was trying to be a sweetheart, though, again. Yeah. But then he gave it away, and, Mm -hmm. like, Gryffindor lost a ton of points. And that was the day after he won the Quidditch game. Yeah. He was the hero. Everybody's like, (laughs) well, everybody on Gryffindor's pissed. Everybody else is like, sweet, like, thank you. Or I guess that was more just like the Slytherin folks. Yes. They're, like, sarcastically, like, applauding him and stuff. Yes. Yeah, being a bunch of jerks. She says 50 points each are 
deducted from Gryffindor. I was wondering about how many they get for the Quidditch game. And I wonder if it's like equal to the points they get in the Quidditch game. Like if Harry won by like 140, you know, like let's say they score and then within a minute he had caught the snitch, right? Yeah. Did Gryffindor as a group get a plus 140? It was, it it had to have been close because I think, I don't remember the exact text, but they said that it, it pretty much wiped out the win that they just got the day before yeah he said now they're in last place <laughs> yeah oh harry probably just shouldn't sneak out at night but in this case hagrid put you in this situation so it's a little yeah imagine you're like a senior yeah like right you're and there's 17. this little 11 year old and like i guess everybody knows who harry is you mm-hmm. know they like know he's yeah some but that would almost make you more annoyed because but... you would be kind of snappy you'd be like this motherfucker like he thinks he's famous like, he dude, thinks can he's you just go to school take just your be regular yeah get through this and then do whatever you're you've been prophesized to do <laughs> like yeah whatevs like why just do your like, thing I'm, I'm trying to get my resume put together here i want to put gryffindor in <laughs> yeah. the winners of the you know the house cup so if i'm a professor yeah. i mean if if they're mm-hmm. screwing around with a dragon at midnight that's worse <laughs> that's worse yeah for sure uh, well, Ron's comfort is again a shout out to the twins. He says they'll all forget this in a few weeks. Fred and George have lost loads of points in all the time they've been here, and people <laughs> still like them. <laughs> uh, but then Harry clarifies that they've never lost 150 points in one go, though, have they? <laughs> well, no, he says. He felt so ashamed of himself that he went to Wood and offered to resign from the Quidditch team. And Wood is just pissed that he even tried this. What good will that do? How are we going to get any points back if we can't win at Quidditch? But even Quidditch had lost its fun because the rest of the team wouldn't speak to Harry during practice. And if they had to speak to him, they called him the Seeker. Yeah. (laughs) Brutal. I didn't call him by his name. Yeah. Brutal. Okay, then about a week before exams were due to start, Harry's new resolution not to interfere with anything that didn't concern him was put to an unexpected test. Walking back from the library on his own one afternoon, he heard somebody whimpering from a classroom up ahead. As he drew closer, he heard Coral's voice. No, no, not again, please. It sounded as though someone was threatening him. Harry moved closer. All right, all right, he heard Coral sob. The next second, Coral came hurrying out of the classroom, straightening his turban. He was pale and looked as though he was about to cry. He strode out of sight, and Harry didn't think Coral had even noticed him. He waited until Coral's footsteps had disappeared and then peered into the classroom. It was empty, but a door stood ajar at the end. Harry was halfway toward it, where he remembered what he'd promised himself about not meddling. All the same, he'd have gambled 12 sorcerer's stones that Snape had just left the room, and from what Harry had just heard, Snape would be walking with a whole new spring in his step. Coral seemed to have given in at last. Snape's done it then, said Ron. If Quirrell's told him how to break his anti-dark force spell. They're still fluffy, though, said Hermione. (laughs) They're still fluffy. (laughs) Maybe Snape's found out how to get past him without even asking Hagrid. I bet there's a book somewhere in here telling you how to get past a giant three-headed dog. So what do we do, Harry? Uh, Hermione answered before Harry could. Go to Dumbledore. That's what we should have done ages ago. If we try anything in ourselves, we'll be thrown out for sure. And Harry says, but we've got no proof. 
Coral's too scared to back us up. Snape's only got to say he doesn't know how the troll got in at Halloween and that he was nowhere near the third floor. Who do you think they'll believe, him or us? It's not exactly a secret we hate him, and Dumbledore will think we made it all up to get him sacked. Filch wouldn't help us if his life depended on it. He's too friendly with Snape, and the more students that get thrown out, the better he'll think. And don't forget, we're not even supposed to know about the stone or Fluffy. That'll take a lot of explaining. Do you think they should go to Dumbledore? Yeah, like they definitely <laughs> should. But those weren't convincing reasons to you as an adult, Dave? <laughs> Not enough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Harry's got this relationship with Dumbledore already where, like, I don't know. They had the mirror moment. Yeah, that, that's a very intimate moment. And... um. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Dumbledore knows who he is, like, really well. Mm-hmm. True. He they, doesn't they know that he knows him like that. I yeah, they, they definitely should go to Dumbledore. Mm. Well, they don't, so... <laughs> sure don't. They don't, they don't. Go to detention they just, instead? They go to detention. So here's where detention starts. This is Filch. It's just a pity they let the old punishments die out. Dot, dot, dot. Hang you by your wrist from the ceiling for a few days. I've got the chain still in my office. Keep them oh, well yeah. oiled in case they ever needed. <laughs> That's so messed up. But so this is the solution. So instead of the chains, they take them to the dark, I'm sorry, the forbidden forest to mm-hmm. hang out with, quote, that oaf. <laughs> Hagrid. Yep. All right. So people start freaking out. I mean, Draco most audibly is like, uh, hell no, I'm not going in there. I know what's in there. Werewolves are in there. So he explains that there is unicorn blood and something's been hurt badly. And this is what you were getting at at the beginning. He knows it's unicorn blood, but he's never seen it before. He's never seen anything that really killed unicorns. And Harry even asked, he said, could a werewolf be killing the the unicorns? And Hagrid said, not fast enough. It's not easy to catch a uniform. I keep saying uniform. (laughs) I'm sorry. Unicorn. It's not easy to catch a unicorn. They're powerful ma- magical creatures. I never knew one to be hurt before. Got enough like book knowledge that he knows this is what he's seeing, but he's like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Nothing, not even a werewolf is fast enough to catch a unicorn. So he explains that they're going to like walk through the forest basically and try to trace the blood to the bleeding unicorn as if it's been, you know, walking through and like bleeding on the trail along the way. And they're going to try to find it before it dies, I guess. So Hermione doesn't get to see the mirror, but don't worry. She does get to see the Forbidden Forest. And then some. And then some. So they stop because they hear something. And it sounded like something was slithering over dead leaves nearby. It sounded like a cloak trailing along the ground. Haggard escort squinting up the dark path. But after a few seconds, the sound faded away. I knew it, he murmured. There's something in here that shouldn't be. And Harry's like clinging to this example Draco provided. A werewolf? He's like, no, no, not a werewolf. (laughs) Still no. Stop it with the werewolf thing. (laughs) He said, follow me, but be careful. He shouts to the thing and says, show yourself. I'm armed. And into the clearing came. Was it a man or a horse? To the waist, a man with red hair and beard. But below was a horse's gleaming chestnut body with a long reddish tail. Oh, it's you, Ronan. How are you? <laughs> Good evening to you, Hagrid. I love the way the guy on Audible does this voice. Yeah. Were you going to shoot me? 
<laughs> and they have this weird exchange because centaurs read the stars and they read the planets. Yeah. So they just talk like everything's a done deal already. Always the innocent are the first victims. So it has been for ages past. So it is now. <laughs> Big bummer. So Hagrid's just like, mm, okay, but have you seen anything, Ronan? <laughs> Mars is bright tonight. Unusually bright. And Hagrid's like, okay. Have you, so you have haven't seen anything. Any. I'm looking for... <laughs> Like a thing, a unicorn. Being, like it's yeah. eating a unicorn. Like maybe that would have jumped out from you. And then another one, another centaur comes out. Yes. Yeah. And he asks, he's like, let me re-clarify. Yeah. Uh, what I'm looking for <laughs> is a wounded unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? And then the other person, the other centaur goes, wow, Mars is looking quite yeah. bright tonight. <laughs> he's like, Okay. Well, if either of you do see anything, let me know. (laughs) Ruddy stargazers, not interested in anything closer than the moon. (laughs) And then Harry's kind of like, oh, okay. Like, was that a centaur we heard earlier? And Hagrid's like, not being comforting. He's like, does that sound like hooves? No, I don't (laughs) think so. (laughs) Nah, (laughs) that's something spookier for sure. And then he's, this is where the red sparks come up. Yep. And Hagrid's like, Here's the solution. You guys just stay right here at the abandoned forest near the creepy sound we heard. And I'm going to go running off that way. <laughs> and help them while you guys stay put. And you're helpless. Yeah. Nothing goes wrong at that point. He's able to regroup everyone and kind of reassign teams. It's okay. Clearly, we can't have Draco playing any more pranks on Neville because that's not cute. So Neville will stay with us. And Harry, you can stand up to Draco so you can go with Draco and fang the dog which is another bad idea. Basically, don't split up without adult wizards around. I mean, Hagrid's not even really supposed to be doing magic, so I'm not even sure what the goal is here. Like, right. it's so irresponsible. <laughs> Harry set off into the heart of the forest with Malfoy and Fang. They walked for nearly half an hour, deeper and deeper into the forest until the path became almost impossible to follow because the trees were so thick. Harry thought the blood seemed to be getting thicker. There were splashes on the roots of a tree, as though the poor creature had been thrashing around in pains close by. Harry could see a clearing ahead through the tangled branches of an ancient oak. Look, he murmured, ho- holding out his arm to stop Malfoy. Something bright white was gleaming on the ground, and they inched closer. It was the unicorn, all right, and it was dead. Harry had never seen anything so beautiful and sad. Its long, slender legs were held- stuck out at odd angles where it had fallen, and its mane was spread pearly white on the dark leaves. Then out of the shadows, a hooded figure came crawling across the ground like a, some stalking beast. Harry, Malfoy, and Fang stood transfixed. The cloaked figure reached the unicorn, lowered its head over the wound in the animal's side, and began to drink its blood. Gross. So Malfoy dips. <laughs> and Harry would have, except for that this thing raised its head and looked right at Harry. Unicorn blood was dribbling down its front. It got to its feet and came swiftly toward Harry, who couldn't move for fear. Then a pain, a pain like he'd never felt before pierced his head. It was as though his scar were on fire. Half blinded, he staggered forward. He heard hooves behind him galloping and something clean jumped over Harry, charging at the figure. The pain in Harry's head was so bad he fell to his knees and it took a minute or two to pass. I can't even read. I'm so excited. When he looked <laughs> yeah. up, the figure had gone. A centaur was standing over him, not Ronan or Bane. This one looked younger. He had white blonde hair and a palomino body. 
are you all right said the centaur um you're the potter boy you had better get back to hagrid the forest is not safe at this time especially for you and then he invites him to ride on his back which is apparently like super not a thing that centaurs do and he introduces himself (laughs) as friends it's interesting because it's like you're you're half and half so i know you wouldn't take advantage of the half that allows people yeah, to ride on that you. seems to like, be how friends things but the others call him a common mule <laughs> so this is where we get a little insight into centaur's state of mind we are sworn not to set ourselves against the heavens it is not our business to run around like donkeys after stray humans in our forest did you not see the unicorn did you not see why it was killed or have the planets not let you in on that little secret <laughs> i set myself against whatever is lurking in the forest bane yes with humans alongside me if i must it's brief, but it's quite a clear divide. What do you stand for, right? Yeah. They're like, our culture is, we stand, we stay out of the way and we know what's going to happen. We just don't tell anyone because our job is to stand back and let it happen. Like that's what's being foretold. And he's like, yeah, but that, whatever's in there is creeping me out. And like, I am against that. Um, and Harry's kind of like, okay, um, I don't really know what you guys are talking about, but like, what did you save me from? Like, what was that creepy thing? And this is where we learn like you said earlier about what unicorn blood is used for. Yep. Well, friends says the monstrous thing to slay a unicorn. Only one who has nothing to lose and everything to gain would commit such a crime. The blood of a unicorn will keep you alive. Even if you are an inch from death, but at a terrible price, you have slain something pure and defenseless to save yourself. And you will live, but a half life, a cursed life from the moment the blood touches your lips. But who would be that desperate? He wondered aloud. <laughs> if you're going to be cursed forever, death is better, isn't it? Friends agreed it is. Unless all you need is to stay alive long enough to drink something else. Something that will bring you back to full strength and power. Something that will mean you can never die. Do you know what is hidden in the school at this very moment? The sorcerer's stone. Of course, the elixir of life. Oh. Yeah. Um. Can you think of nobody who's waited many years to return to power who has clung to life awaiting their chance? Some say he died. Codswallop, in my opinion, that was what he was remembering that Hagrid had said, to know if he had enough human left in him to die. Dave, all these pieces are coming together right now. Yeah. Man, and friends is like, all right, well, bye. (laughs) You picked up what I was putting down, so I'm leaving now. Yeah. And he says the planets have been read wrongly before, even by centaurs. And I hope this is one of those times. Ooh. Harry couldn't sit down. He paced up and down in front of the fire when they were back in the um, Gryffindor common room. He, think, he says, Snape wants the stone for Voldemort, and Voldemort's waiting in the forest. And all this time we thought Snape just wanted to get rich. And Ron's like, stop saying the name. Um, <laughs> Harry says, friends saved me, but he shouldn't have done so. Bane was furious. He was talking about interfering with what the planets say is going to happen. They must show that Voldemort's coming back. Bane thinks friends should have let Voldemort kill me. I suppose that's written in the stars as well. So all I've got to wait for now is Snape to steal the stone, and then Voldemort will be able to come and finish me off. Hermione looked frightened, but she had a word of comfort. Harry, everyone says Dumbledore is the only one you know who was ever afraid of. With Dumbledore around, you know who won't touch you. Anyway, who says the centaurs are right? Sounds like fortune telling to me and Professor McGonagall says that's a very imprecise branch of magic. The sky had turned light before they stopped talking. They went to bed exhausted, their throats sore. 
but the night's surprises weren't over. When Harry pulled back his sheets, he found his invisibility cloak folded neatly underneath them, and there was a note pinned to it that said, just in case. Somebody's looking out for him. Mm-hmm. But also letting him end up in situations like he was in the forest, so. Huh. Right, right. That's a good point. I don't, I still don't know who it would be. It's I feel sn- like it, it could be Dumbledore, since he can get, like, sure. be invisible. <laughs> Without he an invisibility could, cloak. Yeah, he he could be. Just like Why would he have borrowed her? the invisibility cloak from he Harry's dad? It. The first note said, I borrowed this from your dad. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know why I'd borrow it. Just Maybe to hide something else? Because <laughs> they were talking about how, well, I don't know. That's it's the best I got so far. I mean, we know, let's see, Dumbledore, he knew, he knew roughly where Harry, I mean, he, not roughly, he knew exactly where Harry was his whole childhood. He's the one who sent the note to the cupboard under the stairs, presumably. Yep. And, um, but he had this cloak since Harry's dad was alive. So at least 12 years ago. But he didn't give it to him until he got to Hogwarts. Well, that makes sense because it's magical. Like he had to go learn about how magic works before. Or it's not Voldemort. Or Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> I'm going to get those confused. Maybe it was Voldemort who gave him the cloak. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, we don't know where he is. I mean, it's it seems like he was in the forest. <laughs> We're so close to the end, Dave. Yeah, I kind of just want to crush the rest of it and just be like, okay, thank God. This is beautiful. At this point, I'm like too eager. Like, I'm like, let's stop talking about what might be and let's just go figure it out. I know. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm here for it. So yeah. let's see. Um, what do you, th- the last thoughts are just what do you think of the Harry? Harry seems to feel like, okay, Snape, he's putting this all together. Snape is stealing the stone to give to Voldemort to then live forever. Are we going to see that happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I think that's probably what they're trying to do, but based based on what what Harry's prediction is, <laughs> but I I don't think it's gonna happen. Good if it did, that'd Harry. be quite interesting. <laughs> Actually, if it did, that would explain why there's a lot more books. But it, you I know, mean, what I just remembered. I remember that. Um... The Unspoiled podcast did these like live readings. Mm-hmm. The unspoiled person, which is you, would be hearing it for the first time on air. Oh boy. Does that interest you? Yeah. <laughs> so instead of listening to it on Audible, I would be reading it. Do you want to go there for the next chapter? Of course. I'm excited for, for the rest of it. Finish it out. All right, I'll talk to you in a couple days. Have a good night. Awesome. Sounds good. Love you, bye. Dungeons and Dragons. Thanks. (laughs) Love you too. (laughs) See ya. Bye.